Good morning. Good to be with you all this morning. Uh, yes, the baby is here. Uh, the baby is probably there in the nursing room with mom. Nope. Okay, just scan over here and you'll see this precious baby sitting on, on Bethany's lap. That's great. Yeah. Um, so grateful for all of you and how you all have been so good to us with the shower and with meals. Uh, we do have some of the um, utensils, what do you call it, like plates and stuff like that, dishes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we've got some of those out in the, the, the lobby. Um, I cleaned them, so you might want to clean them again. Uh, and uh, I think we still have a few left at the house. So um, uh, if you did bring us a meal, thank you. And second, uh, look in the lobby for your dishes. Um, have your Bibles open there to uh, John chapter 18. That's where we're going to be, John chapter 18, starting in verse uh, 28. One of the scoff that the, the world brings up against the Christian faith is this idea that, that you Christians only pick and choose what you want to obey. And usually it's, it's an attack against Christianity on a certain teaching of the church. For instance, there is a website called GodHatesShrimp.com, all right? GodHatesShrimp.com, literally, you can, you can Google it. And the reason for this website is that they do not agree with the church's stance that homosexuality is a sin. And so they go back into their Old Testaments and they look at the book of Leviticus. Leviticus 18 and verse 22 says that homosexuality is an abomination. But it also says about seven chapters before, Leviticus 11, 9 through 12, says that eating shrimp is an abomination too. And so for them, they're saying, well, if Christians truly follow the Bible, not only should they consider homosexuality an abomination, but they should also hate shrimp too. And that Christians should go on this crusade against Popeyes and Captain D's and Long John Silvers. I think if we were to look honestly at the text, that, that we're not just picking and choosing what the Bible says. I believe that they don't take account what Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 7 and verse 19, where he declared all food clean. And also, I don't believe they, they take into account what Jesus said about marriage as being between one man and one woman for life, along with all that, that Paul had to say about the subject in Romans chapter 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so, so I think a lot of the reason they think we pick and choose is because they don't understand this idea that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And now that we're under a new covenant with Christ, there's some things in the Old Testament that we don't obey that we don't actually practice in our lives. However, the accusation is still out there. The accusation that we just pick and choose, that we only believe and do what we want to believe and do. The accusation is out there that we have a self-made religion. Now, in general, I don't believe that to be true about Christianity. I don't believe that we just pick and choose what we want to believe and what we want to do. At the same time, I think there is a temptation for all of us to make our faith a self-made religion. Where we have to determine every single day, are we going to obey all that the Lord has commanded us to do? Or are we just going to pick and choose what we want to obey? We have to ask ourselves, 
are we going to have a self-made religion or a heaven-made religion? Well, when it comes to the Jewish leadership here in our text today, we're going to see that in many ways they had a self-made religion. Because there were some commandments in the law of God that they wanted to break because of one reason. And that one reason that they wanted over against anything else is they wanted Jesus dead. And they were willing to throw out whatever part of the old law they needed to in order to accomplish that goal. And really it was a long time coming. If you look through the Gospel of John, we see it come up over and over again. John chapter 5 and verse 18, they, they sought all the more to kill Jesus. Why? Because he was calling God his Father making himself equal to God. We see in, in John chapter 7 and verse 1 that Jesus didn't come back from Galilee to Judea because they were seeking to kill him. Then in, in John 7, 19, as well as chapter 8, 37 and 40, we see that Jesus tells them directly, tells these Jewish leaders, I know you're seeking to kill me. And then in John chapter 11 and verse 53, this is after Jesus has resurrected Lazarus from the dead, that the Jewish leaders then started to put plans into place in order to have Jesus dead. As we look at all that, we think, wow, that's, that's a lot of violence for religious leaders, especially when you consider what the law of God says. The law of Moses says, you shall not kill. That's one of the Ten Commandments, right? That's part of, of one of the core of their faith. You shall not kill. All the while they're attempting to kill an innocent man. In addition to that, we look at, at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 18, 17 through 18. And there Solomon lists these seven things that God hates. And a lot of them apply to these Jewish leaders. We find that there it lists that God hates a heart a heart that seeks to shed, excuse me, hands that seek to shed innocent blood. That he hates, he hates feet that run towards evil. That he hates a heart that devises wicked plans. All of those could be true of the Jewish leadership at that time. But that was not the only commandment that they broke. They also broke this idea, this commandment against putting up false Witnesses, having false testimony, another one of the big Ten Commandments. In addition to that, we find in, in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 17 that God also hates a lying tongue. He hates a lying tongue, and he hates those who put up false witnesses. It seems like, like Solomon's describing the Jewish leadership there in, in Proverbs chapter 6. They were living a life that God hated. And so you look at them, you look at their lives, you look at how they're disobeying the commandments, how they're living this life that God hates, and we ask ourselves, how can they really say that they were religious leaders? How could they say that they were really close to God? It's pretty obvious, I think, to all of us that they had a self-made religion. And so here in John chapter 18, we see the dawn comes up. And they now escort Jesus to Pilate, this Roman prefect. 
He comes to, to bring him to this Roman prefect in order to have Jesus killed. And as they do, do so, I, I want us to note the irony of this passage. How ironic it is, some of the things that uh, the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, that they do and say. First of all, I think this is really ironic. There in chapter 18, verse 31, the Jews said to Pilate, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And we look at that, we might say, well, what does it mean lawful? Well, lawful here isn't according to the law of Moses. We know that it's not lawful to put someone to death according to the Ten Commandments who is innocent. But what they're referring to here is the Roman law. And so it seems they're respecting the Roman law over and against the law of God. They're so concerned about obeying the Roman law because it's going to get them what they want, a dead Jesus, and they ignore the law of God. But even more ironic than that is what we find there in John 18 and verse 28. It says there, And they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's house. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So here their concern is what? Not being defiled. They want to stay pure in order to participate in this religious feast. That is their goal, purity. How ironic is that? They're trying to, to keep this purity all the while they're defiling themselves by breaking two of the big commandments. It's amazing to think how much of a contradiction their lives were. And there's some question of, of why they wouldn't enter the house of a Gentile at this time. Uh, probably the most popular reason is that it was the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and maybe the Gentiles would have had leaven in their household and therefore would defile them and, and prevent them from keeping this feast. Uh, another one is that uh, Gentiles would often take aborted babies or... Um, Stillborns, and they would bury them in the floor of their house. They had dirt floors buried in the floor. I know it sounds disgusting, but they, they did that, right? And therefore, some think the Jews were afraid of touching something that's dead. And if they did touch a dead corpse, they would be unclean. But really, that's not the, the important thing, why they thought it was going to defile them. Really, the important part is to see how, how great care they, they took on one thing, but not others. How they kept some commandments, but not the ones they didn't want to keep. They were picking and choosing what part of God's law they wanted to obey. And it's easy, I think, as Christians today, it's easy for us to fall into that same trap. To be a, a walking contradiction. Where we do some of God's words, but we don't do other parts of His word. I think the classic example that was given to me as a teenager, um, I didn't have many people in my youth group that did this, but I would imagine that it happened. But a lot of times the, the youth minister or the, the teacher of class would say, you know, don't come to worship the next day if the night before you've been drinking and, and partying up like the world the night before. You've probably heard that example before. They're partying the night before, then they're sitting in worship the next day. That, that's a contradiction of what God's Word says. And some of us look at that and say, hey, that's the epitome of, 
of, of hypocrisy. I would never do such a thing. At the same time, there are some other consistencies that we might have in our own lives. That we wouldn't dare to go a Sunday without partaking of the Lord's Supper. But the rest of the week, we partake in all kinds of gossip. And we come together and we, we sing songs to Jesus and thank Him for His forgiveness of us, yet we're holding a grudge in our hearts towards someone else. Or we wouldn't dare to do anything promiscuous outside of marriage, yet then we, we dress very suggestively. Or we are fine to send money across the seas to, to help missionaries to reach people with the gospel, but then we don't ourselves step out of our comfort zone and invite our friends and our family members and our neighbors to church. You know, sometimes we can be just as inconsistent. Or we're picking and choosing what we want to actually obey in our lives. What we want to, to put as a part of our life. And I think a lot of it comes down to what we feel like doing. If we want to feel uplifted, we come to worship. If we want to feel like we're useful... We'll, we'll help someone who is needy. If we want to feel less guilty, we'll make sure that we partake of the Lord's Supper. And so, and so a lot of times, our Lord is our feelings, how we feel. And, and that's very much in, in style with our culture. It says the key to life, the whole key to life is personal fulfillment. The whole key to life is, is feeling happy. That's what life is truly about. That's what our society says. That is not Christianity. That is not what we find in the Scriptures. That's not what we find with Jesus. Because when we simply base our action, our inaction, on how we feel, we're not going to obey the Lord in all things. We have to obey Him in all things because Christianity is not about doing what you want to do. It's not about doing what you feel like doing. It's about submission. And I know we don't like that word, that's not a nice word, but it is about submission. If Jesus tells us to jump, what do we do? We jump. We ask how high. Even if we've been jumping all day before, even if we have bad knees, if Jesus, who has been given all authority in heaven and earth, Matthew 28, says to us, jump, we jump. No matter the cost, no matter how we're feeling, we do it because He is our Lord. He is our Master, and He has told us what to do. That's the attitude we have to have to all of the commandments of God. It kind of reminds me of the, the radio host, a financial guru, Dave Ramsey. I'm not sure how many of you, you listen to it. I do from time to time, uh, 93.3 in the mornings. Uh, you can hear it there for a few hours. And he's got this, this financial plan called the baby steps, seven steps that you, you do in order to have financial freedom. And so uh, what he often says and the message he often conveys to people is you can't do this, this plan halfway. He says you don't need to do Dave-ish. You don't need to do financial peace-ish. You need to do it all. It, this, this, this plan only works if you are all in. If you commit to it fully, confession time, I'm kind of Dave-ish, okay? I don't always take what he says as gospel, okay? 
There are some things that I've taken that are really good that he says, and I've taken some stuff from other people. But that's fine, because Dave Ramsey is not my Lord. But Jesus is my Lord, and because he is my Lord, I can't do Jesus-ish. I can't do Christianity-ish. I have to be all in. It has to be my whole focus to submit to everything that the Lord has asked us to do. That's what Christianity is about. It's about submission. And here, the the Jewish leaders, they didn't get that notice. They were picking and choosing. It wasn't about submission, except submission to their will, their desires, not submission to God. And because of that, not only did they break two big commandments, but they ended up killing the Son of God. They picked and they chose what they wanted to obey, and it put them at odds against God. And for us, when we pick and choose from Christianity, we're choosing, we're really choosing against Jesus. And that's a a, a place that none of us want to be. I'm going to read for, for you from Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 26. I've got it on the board. We go on sinning deliberately. After receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. He's talking to Christians here. He's talking to Christians. He says, if you know better and you deliberately do what is wrong, you don't have a sacrifice for your sins. And here's the result, verse 27. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he has sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? What he's saying is if we pick and choose, if we choose not to obey God in in some area of our life, what we're doing is we're looking back at the cross of Christ and we're counting it as nothing. It's something that, that we could trample over, something that's nothing, just like dirt underneath your feet. And by doing that, you profane the blood of Christ, the blood of the one who died for us. And if you do this, this picking and choosing, you're really picking a side against Jesus. And that also goes along with what Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep all of my commandments. That's the implication. So any choice that we make against God on a deliberate fashion, all of those things... All those choices are showing that we love something else more than Jesus. It's showing a lack of love on our part when we pick and choose from the Scriptures. So we've got to go all in. We've got to fully submit. Because when we pick and choose from Christianity, we're really choosing against Jesus. And so this week, as you think about this message, as you think about the bad example of these Jewish leaders, as you you think about how Jesus has asked us, as we sang earlier, that we surrender all, 
that we bear our cross daily and follow after him. And when we have that in our mind, I hope this week you look at your life and say, is there anything, is there anything that I'm ignoring in my faith? Is there anything in my life that I'm avoiding because it's too hard or I don't feel like doing? Is there any part of my faith that I have turned my back on and said, I just don't care? Look within this week. Look within yourself. Look at your actions and say, am I really picking and choosing from God's word or am I a person that loves Jesus? Am I someone who obeys all that he has given me? Am I one who has submitted to all that the Lord has given me through Jesus. Look at yourself this week. Look at yourself and see if you are picking and choosing against Christ. And that's really something that we all have to to look in and see if we are really for Jesus or against Him. If we really love Him or we don't. Look at your life this week and ask those questions and try to make sure that you are not doing Christianity-ish, that you're not doing Jesus-ish, but you're all in all for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Dear God, our Father, we're so grateful that we are able to see this example of how how people go so wrong in their faith, how they seek their own desires over your desires. They cut corners and break your laws in order to get what they want. And, And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to make sure that we're not doing the same thing pray you will help us to make sure that we're not ignoring something in our life just because we don't feel like doing it. We're not ignoring something in our faith simply because it's too hard. But I pray, Lord, that you'll give us the strength and the courage and the boldness to bear our cross daily and follow after Jesus. That no matter the cost that we truly acknowledge by all we say and all we do, that Jesus is Lord, that he is our master, that he has all authority in heaven and earth, and everything that he says, we will do. Give us, Lord, that mindset. Give us, Lord, that sacrifice. Give us, Lord, that, uh, that boldness and courage. Give us, Lord, that humility to submit to you in all things. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe there's someone here this morning that says, you know, there's a commandment I haven't obeyed this morning. I need to ask for the help of the church. Maybe one of, the, one of you, that commandment is to repent and be baptized. And you're ready this morning to put Christ on in baptism. Whatever it might be, whatever you're struggling with, let's all join together and help each other submit to all of God's word. And if we can be any help this morning, we would love for you to do so. Please come forward as we stand and sing this invitation song.